Are you trying to squeeze the starting solid food stuff into your already busy schedule? Well, I have an all-in-one done-for-you solution that's going to take the guesswork out of feeding your baby. My online program is called Baby Led Weaning with Katie Ferraro. It contains all of my baby led weaning training videos, the original 100 First Foods content library, plus a 100-day meal plan with recipes like the exact sequence of which foods to feed in which order. So if you want to stop trying to piece all this feeding stuff together on your own, I would be honored if you would join me inside of the program. You can get signed up at babyledweaning.co slash program. Checking in about food allergies and introducing allergenic foods. And have you done peanut with your baby yet? Well, intact nuts and thick globs of nut butters like peanut butter are choking hazards for babies, but we want to get that peanut protein into your baby early and often in order to help lower the risk of peanut allergy down the road. My absolute favorite way to introduce peanuts for babies is using the Puffworks Baby Peanut Puffs. So When you hear puffs, like you're probably like, oh, those starchy little puff things. Like, no, no, no. Not the little ones that earlier eaters can't pick up. Those kind of crappy puffs from the store that have added sugar and refined grains and lots of salt. Uh uh. The Puffworks baby peanut puffs have no added sugar. They have just a smidge of sodium for preservatives, and they are the perfect size for baby led weaning. They're about the size of your adult pinky finger. So, you can, baby can pick them up, self-feed them, but they're so soft that they dissolve in your baby's mouth so you can introduce these peanut puffs even before your baby has teeth. Puffworks also makes a baby almond puff for the safe introduction of a separate allergenic food category. That's tree nuts. And now, finally, Puffworks put out a combo case. So it's half baby peanut and half baby almond. So if you want to grab one case, then you can knock out two new allergenic foods. We do these on different days, though. These are just the no-stress, low-mess way to get peanut and tree nut out of the way. So you can get 15% off everything at puffworks.com when you use the affiliate discount code BLWPOD. That's a new code. It's BLWPOD. Use that sucker at checkout at puffworks.com and get peanut and tree nut safely out of the way. Make sure that you ask your feeding therapist if you can be an active participant in the therapy sessions. I find that parents who are directly involved in the feeding therapy sessions have the best carryover skills and their child graduates from feeding therapy much sooner. Hey there, I'm Katie Ferraro, registered dietitian, college nutrition professor, and mom of seven specializing in baby led weaning. Here on the Baby Led Weaning Made Easy podcast, I help you strip out all of the noise and nonsense about feeding, leaving you with the confidence and knowledge you need to give your baby a safe start to solid foods using baby led weaning. Well, hey guys, welcome back. Today, we're going to be talking about feeding therapy and how do I know if my baby needs feeding therapy? I'm so excited to be joined by my good friend, feeding expert colleague, Dawn Winkleman. She is a speech language pathologist. You guys might know her on social. She's Miss Dawn SLP, but she's also a real life feeding therapist. So she's going to be walking us through what happens at feeding therapy, who can be a feeding therapist, What are some conditions or situations where your baby might need feeding therapy? And Dawn and I are actually co-teach a program together that's all about baby led weaning and how to safely get your baby to eat 100 different foods before your baby turns one. Our program is called the 100 First Foods Field Guide. It's actually open for enrollment right now for a very short period of time. If you want to check it out, head to 100firstfoods.com. Don and I are there with you guys live every week answering all of your questions in case you get stuck and you're like, ah, does my baby need feeding therapy? Don's a feeding therapist. She's not doing feeding therapy inside of the program, but 
She can help you identify if there's a problem and then tell you what to do next. So again, check out the 100 First Foods program that Dawn and I teach together at 100firstfoods.com. And now let's get started learning about how do I know if my baby needs feeding therapy? This is an interview with Dawn Winkleman at Miss Dawn SLP. Well, hi, Dawn. Welcome back. And thank you for joining me. You're like the most frequent guest on the podcast, but like I can never stop asking you back because there's so many amazing things for us to talk about. Thank you so much, Katie. I love being here. All right. So today we're talking about feeding therapy. And so for those parents and caregivers who are listening, who are not familiar with the idea, could you talk about what feeding therapy is and how it can help with feeding disorders or feeding difficulties in our babies? Yeah. So feeding therapy is when a speech language pathologist like myself or an occupational therapist who specializes in feeding and swallowing helps teach a child how to successfully pick up a food or pick up liquids, place food and liquids into their mouth, and then chew and swallow those foods or liquids. In-person therapy, feeding therapy typically occurs once or twice a week for about an hour at a time. Um, Most of the therapy that I provide only requires just a few sessions since I'm teaching the parents these techniques that they can quickly learn and use at home. However, children with more complicated feeding issues may require several months of intensive therapy, but feeding therapy consists of assessing medical, developmental, sensory, motor, and even social factors, and then establishing a plan to help address these issues in order for the child to eat an age-appropriate meal and for the parents to feel like they actually can enjoy mealtime and really understand what they need to help focus on if their child is having some difficulties. And one thing I know when I was a newer parent, when my quadruplets were in the NICU and there was lots of different things going wrong because they were premature, there was different therapies being recommended. I remember like just hearing them talking about therapy and my blood pressure would shoot up and it just sounds like such a scary thing if you're not familiar with it. But one thing that I love that you always accentuate is that sometimes if a problem is identified and there is either a diagnosis or there's a concern that sometimes like just a few feeding therapy sessions a feeding therapist can help you identify what the problem is, give you some tools to help you. And like, you can get past it. Like your baby's not going to be in feeding therapy for life. I think that's important to remind parents because sometimes they just shut down when you say feeding therapy because they think it's going to be like a lifelong, you know, like diagnosis or something. Right. It tends to be intimidating. And I think it's intimidating for two reasons. One is because no one talks about it or people think that anyone can kind of give, you know, picky eating tips, right? When there's actually a license credentialed specialty, you know, for speech pathologists or occupational therapists to do. If your child is having some feeding difficulties and you go to your pediatrician, your pediatrician is going to write a referral for a speech language pathologist or occupational therapist to actually assess your child. So we're the medically trained experts to be able to help parents kind of overcome this. But you're right. It sometimes is just an assessment, just giving parents a couple of tips and techniques, and then they're on their way. What's really important about what you just said, Katie, is that that early intervention is the key. So kind of finding that early and then having parents say, oh, you know what? I think this is something I'm concerned about. Then it could just take one session sometimes to be able to kind of get them on the right track and say, oh, instead of feeding the the baby, let your baby feed themselves. And sometimes everything just stops and just it goes down the normal developmental path that, you know, the parents were hoping for at the very beginning. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. If you've been thinking about giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's a convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online experience. 
All you do is just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can also switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. I used to think therapy was just for people who have experienced major trauma, but therapy can help you be at your best no matter what you're going through. So whether it's to learn new positive coping skills, set more realistic boundaries, or just show up as a better version of yourself, BetterHelp is here to help. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can help you get there and BetterHelp can help you. Visit BetterHelp.com slash weaning today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash weaning and get 10% off your first month. Don, what are some of the signs that usually determine whether a baby needs feeding therapy or not? Or what should parents be on the lookout for if they think their baby needs feeding therapy? Like what are the telltale signs, I guess, from your experience? So if your child is having difficulties eating, if they're having some choking episodes, trouble swallowing, refusing textures, or if you feel the need to increase their food or liquid intake, then your family may benefit from feeding therapy. When treating infants, feeding therapy helps babies who are having difficulty sucking or chewing or feeding themselves or swallowing the foods or transitioning to solids safely. But the earlier we begin treating those problems, the better the baby's growth will be, their nutrition, and their future eating outcomes will be. Sometimes feeding therapy may, again, only take one or two sessions. So I want to encourage parents not to be afraid to ask for help. And what are some strategies for families that are going through feeding therapy? I can imagine this is a very stressful time. What can we do to support a baby who's currently receiving therapy or is having difficulty feeding? I have a couple of tips here, but the biggest one is to make sure that you ask your feeding therapist if you can be an active participant in the therapy sessions. I find that parents who are directly involved in the feeding therapy sessions have the best carryover skills and their child graduates from feeding therapy much sooner. So be sure to talk to your speech-language pathologist or occupational therapist and see if you can implement some of the feeding strategies that they show you and implement them in front of the therapist so you feel really confident and they can give you some feedback so that you're more comfortable using those strategies at home. I think this hands-on approach to feeding therapy is so important because then, again, it cuts down on the amount of feeding therapy and it allows parents to feel really independent when they go home. I also tell parents to ask for homework. And that sounds crazy, but I give all the parents that I work with um, homework assignments that are manageable and easy for them to incorporate in their day. These can be small things like encouraging them to do oral care before a meal or which actually would help, you know, their baby fill their gum line and be able to, from a sensory standpoint, understand where that piece of food is. And it will actually allow the baby to chew better. Like something little like this can actually help a parent move through that successful path of feeding and not having to have their child be in feeding therapy for long periods of time. And then my last tip here would be to purchase products that you actually see working in the feeding session with your therapist. So if they're using, for example, an easy peasy tiny spoon and your baby is actually rocking out self-feeding when they're in feeding therapy, but they're not doing that at home, well, then you can, you know, snag that tool and be able to say, well, I'm going to purchase that product and have that at home. So again, you're able to continue to add on to those goals and objectives that they're doing in feeding therapy and do that at home so that your child can have a quicker outcome. And I do want to add, for those of you who might not be familiar with Dawn's role, she is, in addition to being a speech-language pathologist and an actively practicing feeding therapist, 
She specializes in pediatric swallowing. She's also a product designer. So she's the feeding expert for the company Easy Peasy. They make the original silicone suction mats and bowls. And Dawn now has designed all of their infant baby led weaning spoons, the baby led weaning utensils for older children. She does their open cups. So she knows all about the appropriate types of products that babies should be drinking out of um, and eating off of because she develops them for Easy Peasy. So if you go to easypeasyfun.com, you can see all of their products. If you use the code KD10, you can get 10% off and know that Dawn, a feeding expert, actually designed all of those products to make them appropriate for your baby's age and stage. And make sure you're using the right product at the right age because we see that sometimes two parents will see something in feeding therapy or that you're talking about, Dawn, and they go by the wrong size for their baby. We don't want to make any problems worse by using the wrong products at the wrong time, right? Correct. Absolutely. All right. So I know as with therapy, you don't always get the perfect match with your first therapist. And I have so many parents that come to me and like, Katie, I'm in feeding therapy, but I'm really just not like clicking with the feeding therapist. I'm like, then go get another feeding therapist. Like if they're <laughs> yes. not helping the problem go away, don't blame the feeding therapist. I mean, they might just not be a connection with you or they might be right. practicing a different type of feeding therapy that you're not on board with or whatever. I don't want to get into like the particulars of the different types of therapy, but if someone's in feeding therapy and not connecting with their therapist or not happy with the outcome, how do you have the discussion to maybe move to a different therapist? Any tips there? Yeah. So I tell parents that speech language pathologists and occupational therapists are the trained medical professionals that assess, diagnose, and provide feeding and swallowing therapy. In 26 years of providing feeding therapy and being one of the leading experts on feeding, I've only seen one true behavioral feeding case in my entire career. All the other tens of thousands of clients that I've worked with have had feeding issues due to medical, developmental, sensory, motor, or social factors. So I always encourage parents to interview their therapist, ask them about those issues, ask them how long they've been providing therapy, how many different feeding therapy approaches they know. Some therapists only have one approach under the belt. Well, you know, it's not a one-size-fits-all. We need to have multiple approaches under our belt to be able to really specialize this. And then I ask parents to make sure that they are feeling like their child is having fun during feeding therapy. So your baby needs to have a smile on their face. They need to be enjoying the process. They need to really have that love connection, I call it, with the therapist. And they need to be learning these essential skills for eating in this fun way. If they're crying the entire time or they're being punished if they're not eating, which is a technique that some people use, we don't want to expose your baby to that. It ends up having negative connotations to eating. We want positive experiences with food. And if your child is not getting that, you need to switch therapists. So it's really important for your parents to feel comfortable that they can actually switch. Um, if you're getting services free from the state, you can ask the state to give you a recommendation of another therapist. Or sometimes you could just actually have a conversation with that therapist and tell them what you're uncomfortable with. So I've had families who have said, you know, I really am not feeling comfortable with my feeding therapist. And I'll say, well, have you talked to them about it? And they're like, no. And I'm like, talk to them about it. Like, it's okay. It's okay for you to be able to say, you know, when she starts crying and you ignore her, like that makes me feel uncomfortable. I really want to be more responsive at mealtime. And then sometimes the therapist, especially if they're new and they don't have a lot of experience under their belt, it's really important for parents to have that feedback because they are a part of the team. In fact, the parents are the most important part of the feeding team, not necessarily the feeding therapist. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... 
That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. So Don, one of the reasons why I just love having you on the podcast, you're such a wonderful resource for our parents, is because you are a feeding therapist, as you mentioned, a speech-language pathologist or an occupational therapist who's specially trained in this area, are the only credentialed professionals who can be feeding therapists. So people will say, I'm a feeding expert, I'm a feeding specialist. But if we're talking about feeding therapy, we need to be making sure, of course, that we're getting our information from credentialed professionals. So I'm a registered dietitian. I'm not eligible to be a feeding therapist. If someone said to me, Katie, how do I find a pediatric dietitian to help my child who's having some growth failure issues? I would say, you go to eatright.org, the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics, and you type in your zip code, and then you find a dietitian, and then you select from those who are pediatric dietitians. But in your field, Don. How do parents find a feeding therapist? Where do we point them in the right direction if they think their pediatrician, the pediatrician says you need a referral to feeding therapy, but I don't know any feeding therapists because most pediatricians, it's like tragic, but they don't know any feeding therapists. Where can parents go to be proactive? So true. For babies, a parent can reach out to their state agency for a free feeding evaluation. The problem with that is the wait list. Often these free services have a wait list that's, you know, hundreds long and, and it could take several months to have your child evaluated. And we know that immediate intervention of feeding concerns per, you know, gives the best outcomes. So at times these agencies may send out a professional too that may be someone other than a speech-language pathologist or occupational therapist, and they're not qualified to make a decision on whether or not the baby would benefit from therapy or not. But I consistently see parents saying, you know, I went to the state provider and they had a social worker come out and say, you know, my child doesn't qualify for therapy. I'm like, that's not the right professional to be able to do that. So it's really important for parents to be sure that they are educated and know who they need to ask for so they can go to their pediatrician and say, I feel like my baby is having a feeding or a swallowing issue and I'd like you to write me a referral to a speech-language pathologist or occupational therapist. And then the state can actually really help them. And some of those services are free. Others, you can, you know, parents can also reach out to a speech-language pathologist or occupational therapist in private practice and they will come to your house and give your child therapy in your home. Um, most of those therapists, though, unfortunately, don't take insurance. So some of these options may be a private pay option. But again, your child may only need a few sessions, and that early intervention is so important. Parents can also reach out to me as I provide in-person and virtual services as well. So Don, I know right before our interview, you just got done. You were actually late. I'm not, I'm not calling you out for being late, Don, <laughs> but you were finishing up a feeding therapy session with a client. Without disclosing or divulging any personal information or HIPAA violation stuff, could you just give us like the high level view? Like what'd you do in that feeding therapy session? So with this particular mom, she reached out and she described her baby as a picky eater. And parents tend to do that often because they don't know how else to describe the issues that they're seeing. But this parent was seeing that their baby was having difficulties grabbing the food, difficulties drinking from an open cup, um, and having some difficulties swallowing and having that the foods fall out of their mouth. So as an expert in feeding, all of these issues represent a variety of different difficulties, delays, and disorders. But for parents who are in desperate need of help at mealtime, they tend to label this as like picky eating. And so with this particular mom, she you know reached out and just kept saying, my baby's a picky eater. And really, we needed to work on lip closure activities. So what we were talking about is how you can really improve lip closure on a spoon, improve the lip closure on a cup, and being able to use an open cup and a spoon at mealtime that your baby controls to help really facilitate that lip closure so now the food isn't falling out of the mouth anymore. 
And this is also encouraging this child to actually breathe through their nose instead of breathing through their mouth, which also has food coming out of their mouth. Um, Then I also gave the parent tips of switching from the different types of cups that they were drinking out of. So in this particular case, you wouldn't be surprised they're drinking out of a sippy cup. And then we went through how to be able to use an open cup successfully to really work on all of those skills. And I bet that in the next week or two, the mom's going to reach out to me and let me know that, you know, most of those concerns that we were both having have have been stopped and that they're successful at mealtime. Well, Don, thank you so much for coming on to talk about feeding therapy. As always, it's a pleasure to speak with you. I think you do such amazing work, as do all of your feeding therapist colleagues. Thank you so much. Well, thank you so much for having me, Katie. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that episode about feeding therapy with Don Winkleman. She's one of my favorite people on the planet, both as a real life friend, a work friend, such a great wealth of knowledge. We actually have a program that we co-teach together that's open for enrollment right now. It's called the 100 First Foods Field Guide. We are two baby-led weaning experts who teamed up together to help you walk your baby through safely selecting, preparing, and then offering 100 safe baby-led weaning foods. And what's so cool about this program is that Don and I have a live component. So we're there each week answering all of your questions if you get stuck with baby-led weaning. Because I know there's so much info out there about baby-led weaning, but having the opportunity to ask two baby-led weaning experts your exact questions about your baby is such a unique opportunity. So if you want to check out the program, head to 100firstfoods.com. The program is open for enrollment for just a short period of time. Don and I do this just a few times each year. We've got a great group of parents already ready to go. We'd love to have you guys come join us. And if anything goes wrong along the way when you're doing baby led weaning or you find yourself getting stuck, you can ask us. Don will let you know if you think your baby might be a candidate for feeding therapy. A lot of times, whatever's wrong might not require feeding therapy, but if it does, it's nice to know that you have someone there who can help you take that next step. So again, go ahead and check out the program at 100firstfoods.com and hopefully we'll see you there. Thanks so much for listening and I'll see you next time. Bye now. Bye now.